Good morning, Northlanders, and welcome to Sound Off. For the next three hours, let your voices be heard about the things that are important to you. The hardworking men and women of the Northland who pay more than their fair share of taxes. The Sound Off host is Brad Bennett, who has served this country as a Marine Corps sergeant during the Vietnam War and has served this community as a three-term member of the Duluth School Board. To Sound Off, call Brad now, 218-722-0839 or 888-KDAL-610. Now, Sound Off and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. Good Monday morning in the Northland. I understand you guys got your woolly long socks on and your heavy overcoats, and it's uh, mighty, mighty cold up there. Minus seven degrees right now. Minus seven. Minus seven. That's yeah, cold, Kenny. That That's is chilly. Cold. That is chilly. Now, how cold has it been? I mean, has it been colder than that? Did it get down to 20 below or anything like oh, that? Oh, gosh, Brad. It's been very chilly. <laughs> uh, this morning, uh, what did we do in Duluth? Looks like, uh, well, I don't know. We're going to have to get this updated. 17 below, but I think they're going to tweak that here in the Twin Ports. Yesterday, we got down to 18 below in okay. Duluth, and the high yesterday, Brad, was 1. A high of 1 degree. Yes, yes. Whew. Now, on this day... Well, we, actually warmed, we actually warmed up yesterday here, but we were cold. When I went out fishing Saturday with my buddy Frank, it was... It was like a spring day on Lake Superior, you know, when the okay. wind is blowing out of the yeah. east. What, what, what was the temperature? Uh, I want to say right around 50, maybe a little bit below that, maybe in the 40s, late, early, or high 40s. Oh. But, I mean, the wind was, wind was 15, 20 knots, blowing straight off the big, uh, the big ocean, and it was... It was it was chilly. Sure. I mean, our guide had to take us into areas, just to keep us interested in fishing, had to take us into areas where we could be protected off the wind, you know, get well, into let that me, kind of thing. let me remind you and your listeners, it's January. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Very yeah. true. There you go. But yesterday, as we were driving back from Jacksonville, uh, it warmed up considerably, in fact, to the whole state of Florida. And now today it's going to be 80-some degrees again. And Well, in fact, it's 80 right now. My goodness. Right My now. goodness. Uh, I, I was curious to see what the temperature dipped to at the Army Corps of Engineers down there by the area lift bridge. Uh, 12 below this morning. My goodness. Oh, 12. That's not, Right yeah, at that's the harbor there, right by Canal Park. Now, let me ask you, did you wear a stocking cap to work today, or did you uh, I've been go, wearing a uh, stocking like cap since last year. <laughs> I put it on in October. I don't think I've taken it off. Oh. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, I, I did yeah. not bring. I did not bring enough warm clothes on this fishing trip. I got to tell you that I did wear a jacket, a bla- uh, kind of a a windbreaker jacket. I saw that. Um, that wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. And I had a long sleeve shirt underneath that, and it just it just came right through you. You know, just really. So it did get blue. That's pretty chilly. Then you have a long sleeve shirt and a jacket, and you're still cold. Yeah. Yeah, now my buddy Frank, he had a kind of a, one of those Land's End stocking caps, and it was much warmer. So, uh, Well, let's yeah, take a look here, but, Brad. So you were down in Jacksonville. Yeah. Well, let's go to Jacksonville's what, what weather. Now, when, when were you out there? Was it the Saturday, Sunday? We were out there Friday? Saturday morning. Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Let's take a look here. We'll go uh, three-day history. Jacksonville International Airport. So Saturday morning was, what, the 28th? Oh, let's yeah, take a I look. So, so. Uh, the 28th at, uh, whoa, oh, let's say, it was 32 degrees at 8 a.m. 
Whoa, yeah, the, I believe it. The low I in Jacksonville it. that morning was 30. But yeah. from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., you warmed up from 32 to 46. And yeah, the sun came out. Thank God the sun yeah. was out. I mean, it was it was a perfectly bright, sunny day, but and it that's didn't, the only thing that saved us. It didn't get warm. The high in Jacksonville on Saturday was 61. Yeah, and that was late in the afternoon, so or later in the afternoon. Woofda. But nonetheless, we had fun. I'll tell you, any time, uh, those of you in the listening audience that have ever been in combat, uh, you know what I'm saying. Any time you can spend some time with a friend that you were under fire with is is a good time. Uh, We had just a fantastic time. His wife and my wife uh, had a great time in the morning. They slept in and and uh, did whatever, and then they met us later because we were out for uh, out until about one o'clock. We got uh, we got on the water early and got off probably around one o'clock, and then met them at a uh, at a fish place right on the river fr- front there. In fact, r- there were five or six big navy ships being uh, repaired and towed around right in the harbor, right where we were. But we uh, we met them then later, and then that night. Uh, after we rested up a little bit, we went down to St. Augustine. Have you been there, Kenny? No, I've never been to that side of the uh, coast of Florida. Okay. St. Augustine, and I did not know this until we got down there. St. Augustine claims itself as the oldest incorporated city in America. Now, that I knew. Okay. Incorporated in like 1565 or something like that. Yeah, that part I didn't Spanish. know. Oh, okay. okay. So you were there. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. What the, we went there because they they were having the last day of what they call their festival of lights that they do for Christmas. All the businesses, all the downtown hotels, motels, everything else, they all decorate up uh, for Christmas, and they all have lights, and they carry it on all the way till the last weekend in January, and that's when the lights all come down. So we wanted to be there for that, but I'll tell you what, it was. It was busy. There were people all over the place, and it was uh, quite an experience. But I got to see the big fort that the Spanish built right in the harbor as they came in. All right. So it was kind of fun. Well, good. I'm glad you had some time off. Uh, Friday was uh, was not too bad. I actually had my wife. Jan was in the studio with me, helping me out. Oh, good. Yeah. I talked to a local author, David J. Brown. We had a nice chat, and I knew the Browns growing up, and he's written, uh, I think he said, uh, was it uh, eight? Was he on his eighth book? I can't remember. Holy cow. But we talked to David, and David was fun. But Brad, I got to ask you, uh, do you have anything to say about this quote from the president? And by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Now, the Corvette is in a locked garage where the classified documents were. So thank goodness it was locked, right? Yeah, yeah. It was locked, except you could get entrance to it from the house. You know, it might have been locked so you couldn't get in from the outside. Well, you know, as, anybody... a lot, as a lot of people know, that a locked door does not mean you can't get through the door. No, that's if true. you want to get through that door bad enough. And, and like every other house where the garage is attached to it, can you get into the garage from the inside of the house? Yes, yes. you can. Who might have had access to the inside of the house? Hmm, I don't know. How about a guy named Hunter Biden? Can I, can I start off with a story this morning, Kenny, that, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you out there know bits and pieces of this, but you might not mean the whole, you might not have seen the whole thing. Um, and, and I'm going to do this, uh, probably start it after we go through our first break, because we're almost to that. 
But there, there was an unusual, a very unusual email that appeared on Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, and, you know, there was so much unusual garbage that was on his laptop that a lot of people didn't pay attention to a lot of things. But more and more now, people have started to pay attention to some of the individual emails that were on there. And, of course, the New York Times columnist Miranda Devine has uh, written an entire book about Hunter Biden's laptop. So she has dealt into this stuff big time. Well, now uh, the White House has, uh, you know, this this poor spokesperson for the White House. She's she's like uh, she she must uh, cringe every time she sees uh, Ducey, Peter Ducey there in the audience. Uh, did, did did you see the question that Peter Ducey asked her on Friday? Did you happen to see that, Kenny? I don't know. What was it? It was something like uh, after the after the revelation, after you had told us that all of the uh, uh, classified documents had been uncovered and had been found. And then uh, on Thursday, when you found out that there were another six unclassified documents that had turned up, what was the F word that you used first? Whoa, <laughs> he said that? Yes, he did. I did not know that. What was her response? Well, she she laughed. Thank God. I mean, that was it was a funny, funny time. And 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 she laughed and just shook her head. She didn't answer it. I think I know what it was, Brad. Can I say on the air what I think it was? No, 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 no. It's not. It's I I think what she said was forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Deuce, don't ask me that again. Forget about it. We don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. But but let me tell you this. This uh, Miranda Devine has delved into this thing and found, believe it or not, you know, you know that uh, this laptop was full of uh, hard to read things that were very poorly written by Hunter when he was obviously uh, maybe a little bit high on uh, on drugs and things, you know, and probably a lot more than just uh, a little bit of uh, weed. Uh, there was a whole lot of stuff that he was taking, but they found uh, on the laptop an email that was 1300 pay, uh, 1300 words long very detailed very descriptive and uh and I'm going to tell you about it after we come back from this first break because people are now stra- starting to tie it together with Joe Biden's trip to the Ukraine to tell them to uh knock off investigating Hunter and what happened to Hunter shortly after this email was released how he became a member of the board of directors of Burmisa, the biggest uh, gas company in Ukraine. So it all kind of ties it together and will make a lot of you say, hmm, kind of thought maybe that was the case. But you might think that uh, maybe Hunter had access to some of these detailed classified documents. So we'll get into that when we come back after our first break. KDAL time is 1124, six below at the National Weather Service, four below at the Army Corps of Engineers. And Brad, here in the Twin Ports, we are under a wind chill advisory. Now, when you travel to the north and west of the state and into parts of North Dakota, they're under a wind chill warning where wind chills are going to be even colder up and around areas around Thief River Falls, of course, uh, Grand Forks and those areas. Uh, but here in the Twin Ports, we could see wind chills, uh, geez, 30, 35 below zero. 
Yeah. Is that tonight now? That's today. That's right now. That's oh, in today, effect. today, right during that the day. Is wow. in effect. As a matter of fact, uh, right now in Cloquet, uh, what's Cloquet doing? They're eight below on the air, 28 below on the windshield in Cloquet. Whew. And we'll go to Superior. Superior air temp, five below, 25 below on the windshield. Now, folks, it probably goes without saying, this is very dangerous weather conditions. And if you're going to drive a long way in northern Minnesota or maybe out into the Dakotas or something, man, make sure you're taking some blankets, some candles, maybe some things that you need that you might have to have if you break down and can't get somebody to help you very quickly. Uh, Because this is no joke. You don't need to be exposed to that for very long for it to really have an effect on you. You know, I I know you've got something to talk about here, and I I can't wait to hear what you have to say. But real quickly, you know, Brad, AAA provides a service where if you run out of gas, they'll bring you gas on the side of the road. Yes. Now, if you have an electric car, do they bring you a charge or a new battery? (laughs) Triple A, yeah, what's the you, problem? Well, you, my car won't start. It's electric boy. Oh, we'll bring you a new battery. We'll be right there. Yeah, yeah, I need a new battery for my car. How, uh, you know, but it, it weighs 500 pounds, and you have to have a mechanic take it in and out of the car. No, I, I, that's one of the unanswered questions, isn't it, Kenny, about electric cars, about these plug-in EV cars, is if you get into this kind of condition where you might have 20, 30 mile an hour below zero wind chills, and that's blowing on that car for very long. I don't know if you saw this story over the weekend about the car fire they had in California with one of these EVs, but the list of of uh, vehicles that had to respond, fire control vehicles, like three ladder trucks, a couple of other trucks, and it was like 800,000 gallons of water it took before they could finally put out the fire. I mean, this thing just burned, like melted the car right down to the ground. It was unbelievable. So anyway, I, I got to get into the story, though, before we get too far from here. So so anyway, we all know the front end story of this. We all know that uh, Bi- that Hunter Biden's laptop was left at a repair place and just left it there. He didn't come back for it. In fact, the guy called him a couple of times, told him he had this uh, had his laptop computer there. He just didn't. Uh, he was either stoned too much to go back and get it or something. But anyway, didn't go it. So anyway, this this woman, uh, a, a columnist for the New York Post, Miranda Devine, got a hold of his laptop, got a hold of the contents of his laptop, and wrote a very telling book on it. And in the book, she, she talks about and has now in greater detail said this, searching the laptop for relevant material, I stumbled upon a remarkable email Hunter had sent to his business partner, Devin Archer on April 13th of 2014 that stood out from all the rest. It was intelligence and intelligent. It was informed significantly longer than the other emails and was very well written. It sounded, in fact, a lot like a State Department briefing. (laughs) Devine said it looks very much like it came from a classified briefing. At least it has the flavor of an official briefing, perhaps a classified one. It is a very uncharacteristic email for Hunter. It's unlike anything else on the on this laptop. Well written, very lengthy, thirteen hundred words, very detailed, very stri- strategic geopolitical information about the Ukraine. 
It lists 22 points about the Ukraine, about its its political situations, about the upcoming election. It also predicted that Russia would escalate conditions with the Ukraine. It also predicted that the U.S. would apply sanctions very confidentially. And so you wonder, where does Hunter Biden get all this information Devine noted that just a week after Hunter sent this email, his father, uh, you know, Joe, Vice President Joe at the time, his father went to the Ukraine to pressure them about their energy policies. And a few weeks after that, Hunter Biden became a board member of the Ukrainian energy company Burmissa, which, by the way, only paid him $83,000 a month. He became a board member for the Ukrainian energy company. So he was obviously trailing his coach. He sent this email to his business partner, Devin Archer, who also joined the board of Burmissa. He wanted the uh, he wanting the eighty three thousand a month that Burmissa is going to pay him. Um, He's worth it. Well, Hunter demonstrated that he was worth it in the specific information he wrote about so tactfully and so in-depth in this email. The uh, implications are very daunting. If Devine's theory is right, and the content of Hunter Biden's email originated from a State Department briefing, there are several important questions that need to be asked. First, how did Hunter obtain this briefing? Could he have just been wandering in the garage one day looking for a, a, a wrench? and stumbled upon the boxes of classified information? Or did his father provide it to him? In this case, the type of information the Bidens were peddling abroad, uh, even Senator Ron Johnson from uh, the great state of Wisconsin, we've had him on the show numerous times, he has looked into the types of briefing lawmakers would receive prior to trips abroad, which are called Scenic settlers, scene settlers, it's just laying out all the information that we would get in an oftentimes secured briefing on a country we're traveling to, Johnson said. He added that Hunter's email had a lot more detailed information than he's ever seen on a scene setter, and that it would surprise him if the contents of the email had been classified information at the time. It wouldn't surprise him of that. Well, listen, we got to get our CBS News, so I'm going to leave you hanging here, but there's more to this that I'll get into when we come back. KDAL time is 1136. There it is, 1136. Six below at the Sky Harbor Airport down on the end of Park Point, six below. Winds are southwest at 15, so the wind chill, 27 below. So, so Kenny, does that mean that right now, six below your the regular temperature there, and we're at 80 degrees. Does that mean we're a difference of 86 degrees? <laughs> yes, it does. Stop rubbing it in. Okay. I'm so sorry. you're that warm, huh? Yeah, right now I'm looking at my temperature gauges, and this is on my computer just like yours is. Wow. And it says it's 80 degrees and totally sunny outside. We got no clouds or nothing. Now, for no what wind, it's, nothing. Okay, for what it's worth here in the Twin Ports, the wind chill advisory, in fact, until noon today. So it's going to end. It's going to warm up in 20 minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah, to one degree. 
<laughs> well, the windchill advisory, which means basically extreme windchills, is uh, scheduled due to expire at noon, but stay tuned. They may extend it. Well, usually no, they extend it by now if it hasn't uh, already. So at noon it will yeah. expire. Well, anyway, folks, I can wrap this story up fairly easy in a short period of time here. Um, so Senator Ron Johnson uh, explained uh, on one of the talk shows on Sunday morning, he said, he said this basically what Hunter Biden is doing in this 1300 word email that is written to his business partner, uh, Devon or Devon, is that Hunter is laying out to Devon, who is going to be meeting with Hunter's dad, Joe Biden, He's going to be meeting with officials from Burmesa, basically telling them that, you know, you pay us millions of dollars. This is the kind of information you're going to get that we have access to. Now, Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson is speculative on this, but it makes sense to me. And and I think it does to you, doesn't it, Kenny, is that they were trying to be very descriptive, very in-depth, very deep in letting... uh, Letting the people at Bermissa know, look, this is the kind of information we can get you. We can get you very detailed information about the Ukraine, the people, what the what what's happening, uh, what would happen if this happens, what the United States will do to put sanctions on. Three days after this information came out, after it was given to Devin, the the business partner, three days after that, Hunter after Hunter sent the the email, Archer. Devon met with Joe Biden at the White House. Five days after that, Joe Biden would travel to the Ukraine. And on April 22nd, Archer was appointed to the Burmissa Board of Directors, followed by Hunter Biden on May 12th. Now, I'm sure all of this is just, a, as we say in northern Minnesota, a coinkadink, right? Just a coinkadink. No, it obviously and very succinctly says in the email that all the other emails Hunter Biden wrote were the typical, you know, drug-crazed, half-stoned individual. But this one looked like it came right out of classified government documents. Well, that's interesting. And it was put out there. Yeah. Because, Brad, a New York Post article that just came out, uh, Rasmussen Poll, uh, an exclusive, uh, they show that almost three quarters of voters, 72 percent, regard the president's handling of classified records as a scandal. However, yeah. even Democrats. Oh, yeah. This is 79 percent uh, of, of voters. Fifty nine percent of black and white voters. Fifty nine percent and 65 percent of Hispanics believe it likely that Hunter used the material for his foreign deals. There you go. You know, and I I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a genius to figure this out when you follow it through the steps like uh, like this reporter has. Uh, when you get these detailed class, um, well, detailed documents and detailed information that appear like they came right off a classified government document, it doesn't take you long to figure out where Hunter Biden may have come up with this. You, you know, Maybe in that stack of documents that was exactly. right behind the uh, the Corvette there. And what's real disturbing about this is that the New York Post they published the story as Hunter Biden's laptop from hell, and what happened? The mainstream media albeit CNN, MSNBC, and what have you, they didn't want to talk about it, and it was censored by Twitter and Facebook. Yep. 
Yep, they, the the mainstream leftists all wanted us to believe it had not. Don't look here. There's nothing going on here. Don't worry about that. Just let it go. Just move on. No, there. It's 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 very interesting, and I think that's why uh, people like Senator Ron Johnson, who were on the Intelligence Committee, and other people are starting to say now we need to know. In fact, I think the last paragraph of this story this morning kind of wrapped it up that way. They said uh, special counsel. Special Counselor Robert Herr, who has been taking, been tasked by Attorney General Merrick Garland with the investigation into the president's mishandling of classified documents, must determine if the content of this email matches any of the classified documents recovered. In other words, this is what they call uh, investigative reporting. An investigative reporter would say, Boy, look at this 300-word email that Hunter wrote to his business partner, Devin, here. Some of this stuff looked like it could come right out of classified government documents. Now, you, um, Mr. Herr, you take this and see if it doesn't match up exactly with uh, any of the classified documents that you have found, either at the Penn-Biden think tank or Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. We uh, we have a uh, we have a caller on the line. The first one this morning from over in Northwest Wisconsin, Mark. Uh, Mark, good morning to you. Good morning. I got a couple things I want to touch base on. On Friday, I right. called in about the Bayfield County Health Department. They were soliciting children ages thirteen and up um, in conjunction with the University of Minnesota to view a show on Netflix that's rated uh, TV mature audience. It was totally inappropriate. We already covered that. But I wanted to update about 45 minutes after calling in and people commenting on the post, they removed it. And the director of the health department sent out an email, which was leaked, and I did send it to Kenny. He can verify it, where they admitted that it was inappropriate and they pulled it down. But no one's going to be held accountable for it. And uh, segueing from that, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers has declared uh, it to be the National uh, Trafficking Awareness Month. What good does that do? A proclamation means nothing. If they want to stop trafficking, every governor in the state should get together, write a letter, send it to the FBI, and tell them to reveal the Jeffrey Epstein client list and investigate and prosecute everybody involved. Now, Kenny, you might have had a little more information about this because I wasn't here Friday. So this was uh, this was found where? I mean, this... Uh uh, Mark, Mark I'm going to ask Mark. Mark, if you could ch- and, and get Brad up to speed on this, what you're referencing regarding yeah, the please. state of Minnesota, Bayfield County Health, and the details and Netflix and all that. Yeah, Bayfield County Health Department put out a uh, on their Facebook. They put up a post. Uh, it, it was a shared post from the University of Minnesota. They were asking children ages 13 to 19 to view a Netflix uh, series called Sex Education, and it's rated TV mature audience. Netflix described oh it as raunchy. And then they're paying the kids $40 a piece to do a Zoom call with the University of Minnesota um, to discuss what they thought about the show. It, it, it's more of a sex comedy is what it is, and it's pretty graphic. It's pretty nasty. And then uh, yeah. he noticed when he was looking at it, it says everybody's welcome, but especially LGBTQ people, it says in the University of Minnesota uh, advertisement piece. So they, they want to exploit children to almost pornographic material, and uh, then they want to pay them 40 bucks to do a Zoom call to talk about it. And 
nobody could figure out why Bayfield County even got involved to begin with, but they received so much backlash that they ended up pulling it down like it never happened, but they never addressed it publicly. They never said, hey, we were wrong, but there is an email that was leaked, and I did send a copy to, to Kenny where the director okay. of the health department admitted it was inappropriate, and she was unaware that it was it was rated mature audience because the, the, F, F, the um, FCC. Yeah, with mature audience, I believe that means you have to be 17 or older to view it. Correct, or, correct. Guidelines. And they, they were soliciting 13 to 19-year-olds, Brad. And one more thing on this, Mark, if I could, that the University of Minnesota, at least this uh, uh, link that you sent me, uh, they've removed it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, so they is obviously know it was illegal to, to be promoting this to 13-year-olds. <laughs> Well, they did comment that they filled the positions fast, so maybe they pulled it because they filled it. Maybe we need to do a little more detective work with the university now. You know, you know what they did, Brad, is they offered these participants what was it, Mark? Forty bucks. Yeah, forty dollar yeah, gift cards. Yeah. Who would not? Who would not yeah. watch it if you're a kid and you're getting and you got a chance of getting forty bucks in your hand? <laughs> well, with the gas price and the egg price today, I thought about saying, yeah, "I identify as fifteen and a half. Give me the forty bucks." <laughs> Mark, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Listen, I, this is the first time I've heard about this. I, Kenny, would you send me those email links and stuff too? Because this is kind of a, this is one of those deals. What you want to find out is who in the university system authorized putting this up there in the first place. I mean, I understand Netflix doing it because they they're a rogue company that'll you know make money off of anything. But for the university to post it and offer it. When it was being offered to people that were underage, somebody had to authorize this. And that's what we need to find out is where this came from. Listen, I appreciate it. we got to take our Minnesota news break. Uh, but let me, first of all, before we do that, let me remind you that we have uh, we have a good friend here in the Northland that does construction work. His name is Jim Peralt. Jim Peralt Construction is available to help you out with anything you might need for your home. If you're feeling a little draft around your windows uh, right now because of the cold air and you're thinking, boy, you know what, it might be time to get these windows replaced Jim Peralt Construction can not only help you get them done, but they can also make recommendations on which ones will hold up the best in the Northland, which ones will be the most efficient heat-wise and cooling-wise for years and years to come. So if you want any kind of job done, whether it's a new roof, uh, siding, windows, whatever, give Jim Peralt Construction a call today at 218-723-8477. That's 218-723-8477. They'll get you on the schedule. They can do remodeling inside the home, outside the home, build you a new deck, uh, remodel your kitchen, anything. They've had 50 years of experience doing the job right in the Northland. And we'll be right back after uh, our Minnesota news break. Chicago Stadium was the stage as Blackhawks winger Bobby Hull became the first player in NHL history to score more than 50 goals in a season on March 12, 1966. The Golden Jet driving at center in on the Ranger defense. Getting sad. He may pass or shoot. He drives one. Score! And the crowd goes wild here in Chicago. KDAL time, 11.53. We lost Bobby Hull, Bradley. Yeah. The Golden Jet passed away today at the age of 84. He was a 12-time All-Star, scored 610 goals in his career, and like we wow. just heard, he was the first person in NHL history to score more than 50 goals in a season. 
You know what's amazing to me when I look at guys like Bobby Hall is is how the genetic line just comes through them. I mean, Brett, his son, was just uh, is just about as fierce a shot yeah. as the dad was. Yeah. Those things just genetically just seem to happen. Yeah, Brett Hall, uh, I'm sorry, Bobby, Bobby Hall lifted the Stanley Cup once in his storied career with Chicago in 1961. No cause That's of, all? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, no, only had one Stanley Cup? Yeah, no cause of death was given, and uh, we can talk more about that as we go on. Well, what did you, how old did you say he was? 84. No cause of well, death yeah, was given. Probably natural causes at that point, or, you know, who knows. Anyway, folks, uh, lots of things happening here this morning. Uh, say, have have we had a new change of slogans uh, in Minnesota yet? You know, we've always been known as what, Kenny? Minnesota nice, right? Yeah. Okay. So af- after this uh, latest bill has been passed now through the state legislature, the new, uh, well, what, what do they call it? Uh, what's the actual referred to as the bill something? Uh, but it's the abortion bill anyway is what it is. Um, oh, yeah. Now that's, are we that's saying say no to life bill. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, well, I don't think that's actually the name of it, but yes, it, it should be called that. But are we saying now, Minnesota Nice, where we will take your uh, unborn baby's life right up to the point of conception, right up to the point of delivery, uh, and any time in between? Minnesota Nice, we're enacting the most extreme bills in the country regarding youth sterilization, late-term abortions, and on and on and on, an array of reproductive services. And you know, you heard... You just heard on our latest break here that a bill has been sponsored by Senator Tina Smith. Let's see, what did Senator Tina Smith do before she became a senator? Oh, that's right. She she ran uh, the abortion services uh, here in the state of Minnesota and other areas as well. But she has authored a bill to make sure that there is great access to health care in rural Minnesota. I'll bet you that health care in rural Minnesota makes sure that the young girls get access to abortions in rural Minnesota as well. Because these people never seem to change their uh, their shirts or their tune as they move along. So, uh, yeah, Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota is getting, uh, this is coming out all over. Uh, it was on news down here even that Minnesota is now, I think, with just two other states uh, or a couple of other states that have this strong a, a an abortion bill. Uh, NPR News said Minnesota Senate has passed a bill guaranteeing the right to an abortion and other reproductive services on a 34 to 33 count. Uh, we've got Tom from Port Wing. Uh, Tom, do you want to comment on that or what, what would you like to talk about this morning? Well, I want to comment on that. And uh, First thing I'm going to say is that that is the PRO Act. It was SF1 but it gets even worse than that, you know, because the states that uh, Minnesota has joined with on this uh, are states like the state of China, uh, the state Gosh. of North Korea. You know, that's how brutal this abortion up to the minute of birth is. And to make it even worse, you know, they passed this at about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Right, uh, on Saturday you know, morning, that, yep. Yes, yeah. and... On top of all of that, they had the companion bill to it, which was SF-70, which means a minor child, a girl who's a minor, could be brought in by her uncle, her pimp, her 
23-year-old boyfriend and get an abortion, and guess what? She doesn't have to get parental consent. Now, right. I, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm almost speechless because I have family in Minnesota, and you know what? It's hard enough being a parent these days than to have the state undermining your position as a parent on top of it. Yeah. And then the same, yeah. the same dang fools from the state will turn around and say, you know, uh, the parents need to be involved in things like, well, you know, there's a, they're trying to go buy cigarettes at age 14. Yeah. But they can get an abortion without your consent. But we're supposed to get all bent out of shape over them buying a pack of cigarettes, which I don't agree with either. But how can, how can they say that, Brad? But they're, they're undermining but, the authority of the parents by doing exactly what course. they're doing with this companion bill, which your governor is going to sign. And all of this, Tom, with a one-vote majority. And when I said to all you people in Minnesota, you should be thankful that you had a separated government, uh, Democrats in control of one house, Republicans in control of another. You thought it was nuts, and now you're seeing what is happening because of this trifecta where they can jam some bill like this down your throat with a one-vote majority. And it'll live on, could live on forever, probably. Well, we've got to go to our first break here, folks. We invite you to call in this afternoon, 722-0839. We'll be back right after these important messages.